You are unique. There's no other person on the planet who is exactly like you. And you were created this way on purpose. The Bible says Jesus came to give us not just life, but life to the full. This podcast is dedicated to helping you learn about who God made you to be and how to live life to the full. We're so glad you stopped by. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Uniquely You podcast. I'm Emily Honey, and I'm here with my lovely mom and co-host, Charlie Glenn. Hi, everybody. And we have another special guest today, my Aunt Kim. Can you say hi? Hello. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So Aunt Kim is going to be talking to us today about her Enneagram number, but before she does that... We're going to have her tell you a little bit about herself. So tell us some things about yourself. Oh, okay. I am, um, I've graduated from homeschooling. Um, I homeschooled um, all three of our boys all the way through. And so now I find myself um, helping in our family uh, manufacturing business that my husband and I own. And other than that, I'm a homemaker. I love, we live on a little farm. So we have sheep and chickens and bees and I stay super busy. And how are you related to us? Because they know you're my aunt, but they don't know (laughs) how you're related to us. (laughs) I am married to Charlie's brother. Yes. Yes. Yes, we've been married for 32 years. Wow, has it been that wow. long? Yes. And I was Emily, in that wedding. You were. <laughs> you were. <laughs> Emily was the sweet little flower girl. <laughs> yeah. I would say like four, three, something like that. Yeah, yeah. probably. What do you think, Charlie? Do you think she was about four? I think she was about three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know that she cut her hair right. almost well, to the scalp uh, yeah. right before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Sorry about that. I didn't realize that that was a thing you weren't supposed to do. (laughs) Her friend did it. This was a friend that we didn't know that she had a scissor thing going. And yeah, they cut each other's hair. Emily's a much better hairdresser than Casey. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. It was still super cute. (laughs) It was fun. Fun. Yeah. I, I was freaking out because your wedding was coming up. I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what am I going to do? That's right. Yeah. Oh. What's your hobby, Kim? I think everybody needs to know what your hobby is. Oh, yes. my hobby. Um, well, I've always dabbled in art and um, I've taught homeschool art classes, um, portrait drawing and um, realistic drawing to high schoolers and junior high kids. I studied art in college, but I didn't graduate. I got my MRS, my Mrs. degree instead. Mm-hmm. Um, so did mom. So did mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a great degree program. Um, <laughs> my favorite. Yes. But now my sheep kind of led me into a new art that I just really love, and that is tapestry. So I started um, spinning my own yarn a few uh, years back. And then that kind of led me into weaving and then the weaving into specifically tapestry art. So I do contemporary tapestry art. Yeah. And they're beautiful. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I, I, Amazing. I really, really love it. 
I feel like in my 50s, it's just like come full circle that everything I've done artistically to this point has just led me to that and prepared me for that. That's really exciting. Thank you. Okay. You agreed to talk with us today about your Enneagram type. And before we tell people what your type number is, let us know what you thought about the Enneagram when you first heard about it. <laughs> well, um, I was introduced to the Enneagram through a book club that my husband and I were going to um, be a part of. And this was the first book that they were going to do. It was on the Enneagram. And we really weren't sure we wanted to dive into that. We read the first couple chapters. Each of us typed ourselves as the wrong thing. <laughs> and I promptly gave the book to Charlene. <laughs> Perfect. <sighs> um, I think I told her, you know, this just isn't our thing. And so then when, um, when you guys started doing the podcast, um, I started listening to be a supportive sister-in-law and aunt. Thank you. And it just cut, yes. <laughs> and it just kind of has drawn me in and I appreciate it a little bit more all the time. Finding myself now that I have been typed correctly, I'm finding that it's kind of refining me a little that God is using it to show me areas that I'm really weak in or that I need to improve in or things that maybe habits I need to just pull away from. When you first were typed, did you feel like you were in a box? Did you feel like it just made you like, here's your box, this is you? Yes, because I did not. I felt like I did the things. I could identify with the things in that within that Enneagram number, but they weren't really me. And so I felt like it was very confining in the fact that, okay, this may be what I'm doing. This may be the way that I have been serving, but this is not what I want to do. And so I was really disappointed. Like that was my lot in life. I didn't really feel like it used my gifts. Yeah. So I really wasn't happy about it at all. Okay. <laughs> now let's do the big reveal. What is your number and what were you mistyped as? I am a number three and I was mistyped as a two. And I think it would be really, it's probably really common to be mistyped as a, as a housewife and a homeschool mom. I've spent the last 20 plus years specifically being a servant to my family, being a helper, trying to, you know, get my boys grown and out the door and, and successful. And, and so I've been in that role and it's not a role that I don't like, but at my core being, it's not really what makes me happy. Right. Right. Gives me value. And one thing I've tried to stress through the Enneagram is that a lot of people, a lot of females are mistyped as a two because culturally the role has primarily in the past been that we are the helpers. We're the ones who do all the helping things. So many women are mistyped as twos. And I probably guess that a lot of men who are twos are mistyped as something else because probably. they are mm -hmm. not, it's not seen as a masculine role necessarily, but it can be, obviously. Right. 
So for clarification purposes, when you were typed as a two by reading the book, you felt like you were in a box. It was confining and you weren't happy. Right. I didn't really like that. Now, when I was typed as a three, when I took the test that um, you gave me to take, I was typed as a three and I said, three is a terrible thing to be. (laughs) 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 Of all the numbers, why did I have to be a three? Because I, I, and I think I could just see myself, I could see my failings, my shortcomings um, more easily in that. And so they were a little harder to face. You know, I hear that a lot in the Enneagram world, that when people really find their number, at first it's, it's very difficult. It's embarrassing. It's, we see the most negative parts of it, and it's, it's kind of discouraging. But it's great to move past that because every type has so many strengths and positive qualities to them. But it can yeah. be real disappointing at first. <laughs> I was disappointed. I'm not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> oh, I was very disappointed. I was like, saddest type ever. <laughs> I mean, except maybe sevens. Sevens are probably like, yeah, this is a fun type, you know? I mean, maybe not, but. I could see people who are sevens being like, that's right, I'm fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the best. I'm a seven. Come enjoy life with me. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. As a three, do you prefer to prepare ahead of time for something like this? Or are you good at spontaneity? Oh, no, I feel like I need to be prepared for everything because I can't fail. That is not an option for a three. That is, yeah, that's like the cardinal sin of a three is failure. Can't have that stamp label, you know, cross your forehead. So yeah, I, I think uh, just thinking about, just thinking about it more and I did a, a little bit of, of reading through basic information just to jog, you know, just to jog my memory and um, sure. yeah so that I I uh, felt more prepared but that's pretty much how I do everything is I want to make sure going in that I can do something well otherwise I just pass I don't yeah, want to sure. do it mm-hmm. yeah makes a lot of sense yeah since failure isn't an option <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if you have the choice to choose so that you don't fail, you will choose not to fail. Yes, yes. So are you, would you um, be willing to tell us about the recent pickle situation at your house? (laughs) Oh, well, I'm going to need to hear about this regardless, because I haven't had a pickle situation. I'm I'm hooked. So (laughs) if you need us to edit this out, we can, but I need to hear what the pickle situation oh my goodness I can't believe you asked me about this (laughs) in a way it's a classic example it's a classic (laughs) example of a three and and their determination otherwise I wouldn't ask you but I know I know and I don't mind at all it's really kind of funny um years ago I tried to make pickles and I was in this canning phase and and I just felt you know 
I just thought all of that old fashioned stuff would just like completely intrigued me and I um, was gonna make pickles. So I made a ton of pickles and they were all soggy or too salty or, you know, I mean, I ended up throwing away. I think almost all of them. So here, fast forward, I decide um, that this year, this summer, I needed to make pickles again. I needed to master the pickle. (laughs) (laughs) And I did not grow pickles this year. I did grow all kinds of vegetables, but I did not grow pickles. I did not grow cucumbers, sorry. So I went to a local farm and I bought half a bushel of cucumbers <laughs> and I brought them home and I was so excited. I had ordered jars, which by the way, were very hard to find because of um, the coronavirus. With everyone buying jars and canning things. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. So I had to like order them in. And so I had like searched Pinterest and found the best reviews. Anyway, I make these fermented refrigerated pickles. So we have these stinky fermented pickles sitting out on the counter for a, day, for a few days. And then I put them up and they're pretty good. I mean, they're okay. They're crispy. That's Yay. Crazy. Yay, yes. But I, by the time I bought the cucumbers and I special ordered the jars and I did all of this work, my husband was like, okay, well, these are good, but why didn't you just buy Claus and Pickles? I mean, like, you know that we like those. (laughs) (laughs) And there's not a shortage of them at the store. Right. (laughs) So what is the reason that you needed to, you felt like you needed to make pickles, master the pickle? Because someone else has clearly mastered it. And it's not you. <laughs> the Clausen people have. The Clausen people have mastered the pickle and Kim has not. And so that's my pickle story. It's kind of sad. I have a lot of fermented refrigerated pickles in my other refrigerator. If you happen to want any. <laughs> okay. I might have to try them. Good to know. Because <laughs> we're still buying Clausen too. So now we have twice as many. <laughs> So they're not eating the ones you made. No, take them to the farmer's market and sell them. Kind of slow. Oh, no, that's just too much work. I've moved on to other things. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's, a, there's always something else to master. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yes. So I want to ask you a question that's kind of specific to threes, but are you okay. like really competitive and really good at games? Yes, I am pretty competitive. If someone was just to meet me, I don't think they would think I was competitive. Oh, no, but I don't think they would either. My family thinks that I cheat at Monopoly because <laughs> I always win. Oh, <laughs> nice. Yes. And so they don't even want to play with me. That's yeah, funny. it's really kind of sad. That's and funny. I'm not good with numbers. So it's just, you know, I kind of have figured out a method right. um, of, you know, of winning. I just was curious because I have a friend who's a three and she's so sweet. Like you would never think she was competitive. She's just amazing. And we played um, games with her one time and 
she's so competitive. Like she, they, like her team, whoever she was with, they won every time. Like it didn't matter. She switched partners. Her team won. Like she was like, we Failing. will not lose. Yes, <laughs> not an option. Okay. Right. I don't know if I want to be on your team. That's right. Yeah, a so, lot of, that's a lot of pressure. pressure. Yeah. If we, yes. the next family outing, if we play any games, I'm on Kim's team. Right. <laughs> just say it. I'm just, I'm not going to play Monopoly with you. I'm just going to go ahead and say Aww. that on the record. <laughs> on the record right now. I've Monopoly. It's, it's, I'm not a big fan either. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I'm not yeah. into real estate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me neither. I think that, uh, you know, just being in a family of boys that yes. um, they're just like, you know, sweet mom, she cheats. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes. they like to. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they know definitely. the real you. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. That's funny. They're just not willing to admit that they can't beat you. So they think right. that you must be cheating because yes. they don't, their pride won't let them admit that you're better <laughs> at it than they are. Well, and the thing is, I won't play games that they're going to beat me at. You know, yeah. I just, I'm not going to sit down and play video games with them unless right. it's like Mario Kart. <laughs> you know, yes. obviously Peachy can beat anybody. Um, I love it. Um, so what is your favorite thing about being a three? Then I know you've, you said you didn't, weren't thrilled when you found it out, but now that you kind yeah. of know more about it, like what's something that you really like about it? I like that I can be productive. I feel like I can get a lot of things done in a day. Um, I stay very busy. I like that. And I feel like the things that I do that I've found that I enjoy over the years that I've become good at those and I'm happy in that. And I feel like I'm adaptable. I can put myself in all kinds of different situations with all kinds of people and feel comfortable. So just a few years ago, um, I was out um, in my muck boots feeding the pigs and playing with them. And then just, just an hour later, I was in the evening gown going, getting ready to go to an etiquette ball that um, was for our youngest son. And I'm really comfortable in both of those, those situations and with people, all kinds of people, whether it's at the feed store or whether it's at, you know, a fancy schmancy um, get together. Yeah. And I'm really jealous of that because I would not be comfortable at the ball. <laughs> I would be very comfortable with the pigs, <laughs> but not so at the ball. <laughs> not so at the ball. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Both are fun. Yes. Yeah. Those are fun. We've kind of maybe hinted at a little bit. What's what's some of your something that's like your least favorite thing about being a three? Oh. Don't have to give us multiples. Just one is fine. Because oh, okay. <laughs> you said, oh, like you have a lot. Oh, and no, the the thing that um, first stood out to me when I discovered that I was three was the vanity. That really hit hard to know that. I really am vain at heart and that I need God's help in that area to not be that way. I don't really mean to be vain. It's just that I care a lot about how I look and what I wear and how my house looks. I mean, people laugh about <clears throat> my house if they come over. 
Um, because I mean, it's, it's, I want it to be comfortable and welcoming and all of that. So I feel like that motivation is good, but you know, at any given moment, anyone could walk into my house and, and maybe, you know, it looks like you could take pictures for mm-hmm. um, a magazine. It's not fancy. It's not, I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not trying to brag about that. I'm just saying I like it very picked up and, and in order. Mm-hmm. But the truth is that there are, there are closets and there are cabinets and there are drawers that are an absolute mess and that I just don't want anybody to see ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's hard to hold up that kind of pressure day after day after day to feel like you are on stage and that without those props, you know, that I won't be appreciated or mm-hmm. accepted or valued as much. So that is probably my, my least favorite thing is that I'm pretty sure that the lady that first said, you know, if you're, you're going in the car somewhere, you better have on clean underwear so that if you're in an accident, <laughs> I'm pretty sure she was a three. I think some things, um, knowing this about myself has, is allowing me the freedom to let go of some of those things, mm-hmm. or at least if I haven't let go of something specifically, I'm loosening my grip on it. Yeah. Like I was telling Charlie um, this morning, I didn't vacuum for the last four days. And I, I am guess. shocked. I'm <laughs> impressed and shocked. And I, yeah, I vacuum every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah four yeah. days. That's progress. I think, I think uh-huh. that, yes, that was progress. That was a lot of dog hair, but that was progress. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned that, I'm trying to remember how you said it, but basically that you feel you don't like feeling like if you don't do those things, you won't be valued as much. Um, Mm -hmm. So what does make you feel valuable or loved um, by the people around you? Sorry, that one wasn't on the list. That's okay. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, no, that's okay. I'm thinking words of affirmation definitely lift me up. And with, you know, four guys, that's, you know, that's, they're pretty good about it. Hmm. We can come back to it if you want. Yeah, let's come back to that one. We'll come back to that one. I have to think about that. Yeah. So I think you've kind of touched on this, but how do you think God has grown you because of knowing your number since you learned your number? Oh, one way that, that I feel like that has happened is that I've looked back in my childhood and I grew up in a home that was kind of continually broken. I think I've always had a lot of resentment and placed a lot of blame on my biological dad and my mom who raised me for some of those feelings that I have always had, some of these longings and, you know, the core desires and the core fears. Right. (laughs) And now it just occurred to me that really all those some of those hurts happened it's not all their fault 
because part of this is who God made me to be. Right. And so those experiences on top of who I am manifested to become what they, I don't even know how to say it exactly. You were already that person. So they kind of just came out the way they would have maybe. Right. Yeah. Right. So I already had a tendency to feel worthless. So when there was abandonment piled on top of that, then that was just magnified. And, um, and for each Enneagram type, you know, we are created that way, but when it's reinforced by our environment and the people around us, it can really take us further into the unhealthy area of our Mm -hmm. type. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was telling Charlie at a separate time that I, I felt like, um, that, unhealthy tendencies that a three can be in that a lot, I feel like a lot of my childhood was in that unhealthy zone, but I accepted Christ when I was a young teen. And since then, I think um, he's, he healed a lot of that. There's still those tendencies and there's still some of those hurts. Those don't, I don't think those necessarily go away, even if they are forgiven but you can deal with them better. And I, I feel like to answer, to get back to the question, I feel like I can deal with those feelings and emotions better now than just understanding myself. Great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so, a very good thing. So has it given you any sensation of freedom in your life? Yes. I feel like where I felt like I was in a box before typed as a two, I feel like now that I know that I'm a three and I have a really strong four wing, I actually don't feel like I'm in a box now because I am free to be who God made me to be. Amen. I think yeah. that's so exciting. I love it. How does your number impact your work? My artwork or my work work (laughs) (laughs) okay how does your number impact your relationships because your relation your work is with your family so yes both of those together okay yeah (laughs) how does it affect both of those yes family and work um, have always been intertwined in our family. Uh, and it, it's, it's a different dynamic that if you haven't ever been in it, you just don't understand. It's basically, you just can't get away from them. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can't go home and complain about your coworkers when you work with your family. No, that's right. <laughs> They're in both places. Right. You can't go home and say, what did you do today? It was like, yeah. you already know. Um, Well, I do think that it has helped me be more aware of my own shortcomings and um, try to be more guarded against those. I think sometimes as a three, I um, give people the impression that I'm always trying to compete and I'm really not. I'm actually competing more with myself Mm -hmm. than anything, Um, like trying to master the pickles. (laughs) Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's also given me just an awareness of um, family members accepting my family members who are also my coworkers for 
for who God made them to be and not superimpose my uh, needs or wants or fears Mm -hmm. on them because they have enough of their own. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we all do. It's right. That's mm-hmm. really true. Have you seen it change how you openly communicate with anybody in your family? Has it helped in any areas like that? Yes. One of our sons, I've, we've had really good conversation about our Enneagram numbers. And there's been help and healing through that with God's help, of course. Absolutely. And and that's that has been really um, really good. The other thing is I have, I mean, I believe that one of our other sons is a three, two. And so <laughs> the poor, <laughs> poor thing, I'm so sorry. I gave that to him. <laughs> You're not totally um, responsible, Kim. That's how yes, God created. God chose that for him. God chose that for him. And, and you know, it's probably, I know that both of you are like, oh yeah, I know which one. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> Um, and, um, and so that, that has been good, just uh, being able to understand his fears as a, as a young man, to be able to see him in that light has, has been good. And even he doesn't know anything about the Enneagram. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, that's, that's completely one-sided, but still it's been helpful to be able to relate to him and maybe approach him um, for conversations in a way that he feels valued. Excellent. And, you know, as I've spoken about before on our podcast, for parents, you know, we can't really know what our children's type is. It's best not to type them until they're 17 or 18, Mm -hmm. because from some of the studying I've done, they tend to try on all the types as they're growing up. But to understand yourself and how you yourself communicate, I think knowing the Enneagram, knowing about it, having a a basic knowledge of the types helps us to communicate with everyone else in a more understanding way, knowing that there's a different perspective you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. And so it helps us to be more kind, considerate, maybe acknowledging that we do have differences, but not treating people disrespectfully. And I'm not saying that you treat anybody that way, but overall, the understanding of the Enneagram helps us to be respectful and to honor people for who they are, a creation of God Mm -hmm. and how valuable Mm -hmm. they are. So I think it's really helpful in the family situation to do that as well as in our world around us. Sure. Yeah. And I think you mentioned earlier, Kim, like you're not really supposed to type other people. I mean, you can kind of maybe figure it out, but really it's that only that person knows their core fears or their core desires. And, you know, we can do our best to love them or approach them in a way that's loving if we can try and figure out what their number is, but um, mm-hmm. it's really up to them to, to figure it out. And right. If they yeah. want to, <laughs> we can't force them to. <laughs> you know, just there's so many layers that um, I, the 
the son you're talking about, I would say he has a different wing than you and possibly Mm -hmm. even a different instinctive subtype. So, you know, Mm -hmm. once again, we get into the deep layers of the Enneagram, Mm -hmm. but just helping, knowing about it helps me to be more understanding with all my family members and uh, Mm -hmm. even my church family members. And um, so I think it's a real beneficial tool. Did you have a chance, Kim, to maybe come up with something that makes you feel valuable or loved? By my family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, by your family. <laughs> um, I think um, definitely being respected. I feel like I need to feel successful. And, mm-hmm. and so even in little things, like a dinner, like I will, if, if we all sit down to dinner and, and I have cooked and make a meal and everybody gets up and nobody, if no one says anything about the meal being good, then I automatically feel like that is a failure. Mm-hmm. And, and even though I know that maybe it's not now I made some blueberry muffins with like freshly ground flour the other morning and they were terrible. They were like oh, no. the worst thing I've ever made. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> That's so sad. Wow. <laughs> yes. Total fail. And and I'm going to have to go bake some, you know, before the week's out. We're going to have some more blue- blueberry muffins. <laughs> and they're going to be amazing. <laughs> and they are going to be good. Yeah. Um, no, really, I shouldn't feel like I have to do that because I know that I can make them. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I have that need or respect and to feel successful. It feels good to hear those things. And I feel like there's something missing if I don't. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know that that's not where my true value is. Right. And that I shouldn't always depend on that. Right. Yeah, that our true value and our, our contentment, oh, our contentment. significance mm-hmm. have to come from God. So often we, because we can see each other and feel each other and hear each other and God is not visible to us and we can't feel his touch and those types of things. It's so easy to put that responsibility on other people, that unrealistic expectation on mm-hmm. them to meet those needs when only he can do that. Mm-hmm. And, and we know that. And, but it's still, there are just sometimes we need that touch. We need that voice of appreciation and mm-hmm. encouragement. So I can see where that's hard. Mm-hmm. We are works in progress and we don't achieve perfection until heaven. So that's right. <laughs> yeah. That's actually one of the things that I love about tapestry weaving is that when you lay the colors in weave when when you put them in there you can go a little ways and then rip some out um, and redo it but you can't go back very far in the past or back Mm. down in the tapestry and change it sometimes you just have to like accept what it is Uh and move forward in the end the tapestry ends up being a beautiful thing and you may see yourself imperfections in it but when somebody else sees it they're not necessarily going to see those yeah right that is a beautiful analogy of life thank you 
I love all the analogies and um, things you get from the farm. Yeah. That just go with our spiritual growth. It's so exciting when we talk about those things together. Well, you know, um, I mean, you guys know, but uh, we didn't have any experience doing any of this and people thought that we were crazy to buy a piece of property and start, you know, building fences and buying animals. (laughs) 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 And we've had everything from a dairy cow to uh, horses, chickens, bees, a llama. We've had Mm -hmm. everything, literally everything. But the sheep have really been our love. And my husband really wanted sheep because um, they were talked about so much in the Bible. And, and I do think that I can see the picture of how your Enneagram number could be like a sheep pasture. Mm-hmm. And um, you may feel like you're in a box, but within that, within that space, you are free to go anywhere in the pasture that you want. Mm-hmm. You can eat the dandelions on one side, or you can go to the tall grass on the other, or, you know, you have everything that you need um, because the shepherd's taking care of you. I do love uh, that we have the privilege of seeing uh, those, um, those things played out in our front yard. Yeah. So. It's pretty exciting. I love it. Mm -hmm. Mom, do you have anything, any other questions or anything you want to add? No, I think think that's good for me. Okay. (laughs) We have one more question for you. One more question. Hopefully it'll be a little bit easier. Um, So we do good things on the podcast. So we want to ask you, what are some good things or a good thing in your life right now? What? Um... Well, um, we are an empty nesters. Uh, we are empty nesters for the, uh, the first time, even though our boys have, um, are 26, 24 and 21. Um, they have all officially moved out, out of the house, even though a few of them are next door. I have the upstairs all to myself now. So I have, <laughs> yay, yay. So I have a tapestry studio, a little art studio, for the first time and I absolutely loved it. I just finished it up. I moved my big loom in there um, last week and it's just my dream space. It's just a pleasure to go up there and be able to work and create. That's my good thing. That's a really good thing. I've, and I've mm-hmm. seen the pictures that you post of it. It's beautiful. It looks Thank like, you. looks like a very lovely place to be. Thank <laughs> Peaceful, yes. calm. Yes. It's so nice. It's no so nice. toys on the floor in there. <laughs> That's what I have oh, in my no. house. But that would be so fun. That yes. would be so fun. To do that. <laughs> yeah. I miss yes. that too. There's a long, good. I've been waiting for an art, an art space for a long, long time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it's, it's fun. Yeah. That's really mm-hmm. fun. Mom, what about you? Um, good things are, you know, I hadn't really sewn a lot for years. And um, when COVID hit, my daughter-in-law and I started making masks. And the good thing is, 
I mean, obviously our listeners know that your dad died two and a half years ago. And so um, I built a house next door to Seth and JJ and, and I have this spare room and I was able to set it up. And so there are two sewing machines on tables. We have all the space to cut fabric out. And I always grew up with this tiny little space to sew in. I remember when I was growing up, my mom's sewing machine was at the end of the hall and there was enough room to open it up. And so when we sewed, we were sitting in the end of the hall you could never leave anything out. You had to pack it all up when you were through that day, whether you were finished or not. So my good thing is that for the first time in my life, I have space to sew and leave things out and iron in this room and sew in this room. And even if it's just making masks, it just, it's just a fun room to be in. It's also my office, but it's turned into... 75% sewing room. <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun. Yeah. I don't have a room, so, but that's okay. You I actually, have a swing, though. I do have a swing. And I, <laughs> let me tell you, that is where I go. <laughs> that is my retreat, is the swing. Um, but no, I do have um, a homeschool basket. So we started homeschooling about a month ago, and I am just thankful for, like, it's just been even more enjoyable than I expected. And I bring that up in this episode in particular because um, Aunt Kim was one of the women who like helped encourage and inspire me to, you know, jump in mm -hmm. and homeschool my children and tell me that I could do it. And so that's been really helpful, especially as a six, you know, I need lots of reassurance from other people <laughs> before I make a decision. <laughs> so um, that's been really good. And I really... Like, I, I really enjoy that basket. I know that's kind of strange, but it's just a really cute basket. We have all our curriculum in there. And I just like having it and being able to, like, bring it out and see it and get things out and do things with the boys. And so that's been really enjoyable. And, you know, there are days they're totally into it. And there are days that they're like, I don't want to write the letter D. But it's fine. <laughs> so it's all right. We figure it um, out. If, and just if that was forward. the only problem we had in a day. I know, right? Nice. Yes. <laughs> thing ever mom's making write the letter d again so it's been really so good fun. and i really appreciate you aunt kim for just all your oh thank so, you thank you're me. gonna you're gonna do a much better job than me <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. It's oh, so good mm -hmm. well thank you so much for talking to us this has been so much fun sure. to get to chat and ask you questions and we just really really appreciate it and we really appreciate you and we love you so Thanks you. for doing Thank this. Thank you guys, too. I so. hope that some people that hear about the three will maybe uh, be able to identify. And go, yeah. It's okay. Yeah. I'm sure <laughs> they will. They'll be able to be encouraged. And just, you know, I think especially us talking about it not being threes, it can be helpful, but I think it can be just even more helpful to hear someone who is experiencing it and see like this is good and it is who God made you to be. Yes. I really appreciate that you expressed how you feel freedom in knowing your number. You don't feel trapped in it. And that's what I feel like really Christ brings to the table when we use this tool, the Enneagram, because there is freedom in who God created us to be. And when we have that personal relationship with him and we find our number, then I think we find a greater 
portion of freedom in our lives. And so I really appreciate you bringing that up. Yes. Well, I wouldn't know about any of this though, except for the podcast that you guys (laughs) started. So all of it's thanks to you too. So you're welcome. We're so happy. We're so happy that uh, that's been helpful. Thank you so much, Aunt Kim. We love you. And thank you everybody for listening. That was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed talking to Aunt Kim. How about you, mom? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. What'd you think about the pickles? I loved the pickle story. That was so great. And I just feel like I'm the type of person who would be intimidated to even try pickle making. So the fact that she did it, didn't do it well once and then did it again with the intention of conquering it is very impressive to me. (laughs) I know. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. What is something that um, stood out to you? I love that she likened the Enneagram to um, a refining process. Yeah how she sees it at work in her life as as, um, helping her to grow and purifying her, so to speak. Yeah. And then I love the analogies from farm life. They're just so inspiring. Yeah, and they're very biblical too, almost. You know, the sheep analogies and that kind of thing, those are like she mentioned things that can help us understand things in the Bible that much more. So just really, really cool that um, all those analogies, that was really good. And we hope that you guys had something that you took away as well from our talk with Aunt Kim. We just love her. I feel like she's just so wise, just has really great things to say. Mm -hmm. And um, so we hope that you guys pulled something from that that you enjoyed and that you can learn from also. And we'd love for you to subscribe. If you haven't done that already, please do go in and rate us five stars and leave us a comment. That way, if anybody's looking for something like what we're doing, they can find us. And, you know, to hear more about what's going on or see more, I guess, because you don't really see much here. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook or one or the other. And we'd love to hear from you there. Tell us what you're learning or something that you enjoyed or what your good things are. And that would be great. We would love to hear from you. So if you would like to know more about your Enneagram number, I know somebody who I'm looking at through the computer who's going to help you with that. (laughs) Why don't you tell them about that, Mom? Yes. As an Enneagram coach, um, I would love to field any of your questions. You can just go to my website, which is tandem.coach. And feel free to book an appointment for a 30-minute free consultation. I'd love to get to know you. Yeah, so I think we'll go ahead and close up. We have anything else we want to say today? No, I think think we've covered everything. Okay, well then, uh, why don't you pray for us, Mom? Okay. Father, you are so wonderful to give us your word. We just thank you for the Bible and all the illustrations from farm life that Kim used and how much they relate us back to the scripture and how you talk about the sheep and um, and also just so many practical applications that come from farm life for our Christian life. So we just thank you for bringing those to our attention today. We just pray that you would help us to find contentment in being who you created us to be. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Thank you all for listening and a special thank you to Aunt Kim for agreeing to be interviewed and share her wisdom and knowledge and experience with us. We love you all. We look forward to seeing you again next week. We'll talk to someone who is a four. Have a great week.